Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Midnight McBride Show, show number 49, nearly at the Big 50. And tonight's show is called The Sweetest Pill. And that's because my special guest tonight is a breathwork facilitator and co-founder of The Quantum Questions. And this lady is Sam Pillbeam. Hello, Sam. And for the people at home that don't know Sam, your partner is Greg, Greg Garrett, who was on the show just about three or four shows ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what we do on this show, Sam, as you probably know, we go through somebody's life journey and we talk about how they arrived in this present moment, Yeah. the journey. And then we talk about what they're doing now. And usually that's quite inspiring. It shows that, you know, most people have had a few issues along the way. So Sam, you're not from Windermere, are you? Leamington Spa. Yeah, so I was actually born in Leamington Spa, Leamingtonian. Um, yes. And, um, but raised in Stratford-on-Avon which is close by about 10 miles from, from Leamington. Yeah, and you're not an only child, you've got some sisters. Yeah, got All three sisters. SSS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell us their names. So Sarah, Sophia, and the younger one, Stephanie. And your mum's Sandy. Mum's Sandy, yeah. Right. So we're all SSPs. Um, yeah. And, um, well, apart from my younger sister now, she's now married, so she has a different surname. Um, and... Yeah, I think it made it easier for the name tags at Well, school. yeah, yeah. I always <laughs> said, when we had, on Christmas Day, our house, I'm Patrick Joseph McBride. My yeah. father is Patrick Joseph McBride. His yeah. father is Patrick Joseph McBride. You can guess how this is going. Yeah. My nephew is Patrick Joseph McBride. So we had <laughs> Paddy, Pat, PJ, PJ Jr. Uh, we ran out of Pats, so we Get just went... My granddad, they just called him Francis, and it wasn't his name, but we ran out of Pats, you know. <laughs> So what's very relevant to your journey, Sam, and I think this is, I was fascinated when I read it on the website from the Quantum of Questions, uh, when I read your profile, is that you started meditating incredibly early. You know, this is sort of akin to what maybe some kids do in Tibet or India. Yeah, so I was introduced to uh, meditation, a form of meditation, um, age five, but I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, I suppose my uh, initial journey that I remembered of, of meditation was when I was 14 and I learned transcendental meditation or TM as yeah. it's known. Um, so my parents <clears throat> decided they were going to, um, to study that and, uh, and learn it. And they took me and my younger sister um, along and the older sisters, but different times. I suppose they got some of this sort of spiritual nature from your grandfather because you said he was a homeopath my grandfather had a restaurant but they used a homeopath um, oh, right. in, instead yeah. of um going to the doctors so um and they had great results with the homeopath and um i think that is where my father got inspired um into i suppose learning about um alternative medicine yeah quantum physics that that type of yeah. thing so with the meditation i've done transcendental meditation and I, you know, done the ceremony, I got my mantra, etc. And for the people at home that maybe don't know, with a lot of Buddhist meditation, <clears throat> uh, certainly Kadampa Buddhist meditation, using a mantra and using it externally, so you're chanting, you mm. know, uh, some's internal, but predominantly a lot of it's external, you know, so on Mani Padme Hum or just on or whatever. Transcendental meditation, you get your mantra and this is generally from my experience, it's always internal. Yeah. And 
a very different technique to what I'd done previously. I was doing my Buddhist meditation and I really just felt like I'd plateaued and I wasn't making any progress. And then I did TM and it sort of untangled the knots, kick-started me and poof, off I went again, you know. And it was it was a great experience for me, TM, yeah. But as a child, I wasn't very peaceful as a child, you know. So I can imagine you must have been floating around because, you know, as you've got a lot of things going in your head as a kid. Transcendental meditation must have been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it was a great tool. Um, I can't say that I, you know, was very strict with my meditation. Mm. Um, so it's like a lot of those things, especially when you're younger, you might learn something and then be very enthusiastic with it for Initially. a period of time. <laughs> yeah. and then, um, but I did, I did use it, you know, as and when I, when I needed it. So, um, you know, at one point I was meditating twice a day for the sort of 20 minutes as they, they recommend, Um, I used it, you know, when I felt very exhausted or hadn't had enough sleep, um, or if I was skiing, you know, that always makes me exhausted because I'm generally not as fit as I'd like to be. (laughs) So it really helps, you know, you and half the world yeah, yeah, Yeah. with that physical exercise. And at the end of the day, I found that a 20 minute meditation or, you know, before skiing and after skiing really, really helped to rejuvenate me and give me that that energy back so I bet yeah. you had clarity and focus when you were skiing as well you know like really switched on yeah well I mean I suppose with skiing I, I am anyway because if you don't focus um then you fall over or you yeah. know so it is it for me skiing's a form of, of meditation because you're totally focused on what you're doing and you, you know you get into the rhythm and it's yeah it's amazing absolutely so, I mean I'd put that akin to if I'm on my push bike, my road bike, and I've, I've done just under 60 miles an hour on my road bike, which wow. is fast. Uh, I had was obsessed with the speed for a while. The only time mm. I've ever had any accident on my bike is when I wasn't focused on what I was doing. My yeah. mind was elsewhere. You, you need to be in the moment, don't Absolutely. you, really? Yeah, yeah. And you need a clear mind, yeah. And any sport I do, if I do an endurance sport, once I'm an hour into it, start to focus on my breath, all my problems disappear, and I'm in bliss, you know. Mm. So any endurance sport is meditative. It becomes that way, you know. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So tell me what is, I'm going to read this, electrocrystal therapy. That was something my dad studied and became qualified in. It falls under vibrational medicine. Yeah. So the crystals are in a a tube, um, saline with saline in there, and that's connected to a box, um, and they're special crystals. They're called piezoelectric crystals. Mm-hmm. And you can actually put the crystals um, or the you know the tube, curl it around, put it on areas of the body, and it will put the energy back in or balance the energy. Um, you also have a, um, a machine where you can measure the energy, um, whether you're losing energy or whether you need to need it balanced. Um, and I remember when I was at school, and um, this was normal for me, I suppose, when you're growing up, anything in your household is normal. But yeah. not, not every family was like mine, but we um, we came back from school once, and my dad said, right, we're doing an experiment. And he, he put an apple in the, the middle of the, the room, and he said, right, I'm going to measure the energy with the apple. So he measured the energy with this machine. And then he said, now I want you to, to uh, send negative energy. Um, 
things, you know, yeah. to the apples. Vibrations, frequencies. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're saying, we hate you, Apple, you know, that kind of thing. Then he measured the energy after Completely that. normal on a Saturday afternoon, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then measured the energy of the apple, and actually the, the energy yeah. went down. Yeah. And then he said, now I want you to send the apple love, loving words. We did that for a period of time. Then he measured the energy and the vibration went up. Yeah. And um, actually, it's, it is true, you know, if, you, if you're... Um, sending daggers or negative words to someone you yeah. can bring the energy down they've done experiments with plants as well in school yeah well so. they reckon sort of anything that's predominantly water and water has sort of an emotional memory and if yeah Dr. you know Roto. an apple our yeah. body anything like that and that's why i had a lady on here talking about gong baths and the frequency of the gong you know that resonates with different parts of your body mm. we're, we're water at the end of the day you know and, and it yeah. can change that can remove blockages i'd maybe liken the Crystal, say it for me. Electro crystal, electro crystal therapy. Electro crystal <laughs> therapy, um, with that display to kinesiology, where you might hold a kind of coke, for example, or a kind of pop up to your heart, and they test resistance in your muscles. Have you seen this done? Yeah, I've had it done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then you'll hold something like uh, I don't know, banana or something healthy, and it it affects the resistance in your body, the energy levels in your body, you know, because mm -hmm. your heart knows what's good for it. It has yeah. an energy field. We're all electromagnetic, you know, energetic beings, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, Sam, you mentioned skiing. What age were you when you started skiing? Uh, it was eight. Eight? Yeah. Yes. Uh, did you break anything over over a period no, of time? No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> twisted my knees a few times, but yeah. not, not broken anything. Thank and God. do you still ski? Yes. Yeah. In your notes, you said that you actually went and spent a year away, didn't you? Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, I, I did a season in Austria yeah. and um, I was a ski guide and rep and um, it was fantastic. Had Sounds an like amazing time. A, a dream <laughs> so, job, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd always wanted to do it and um, I just decided one day, right, you know, I'm not happy in my office job. I'm just going to do it. So um, that was age 30, actually. I'd left it a little bit late. Normally you do. Yeah. Well, only last year. Yeah. Uh, and I did that age 30. Yes. So, yeah. Um, it really improved my my skiing. Yeah. And, um, you know, being out there for a long period of time and um, skiing with people that were better than me really helped to push me to the next level. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's something I've never done. <clears throat> I've done quite a lot of adrenaline-fueled sports, but yeah. I've never skied. I went on, they've got a dry slope in Rosendale. Mm. Uh, I've been on there when I was a kid, but... Beyond that, quite often I'd only be able to have, say, two holidays a year. I'd have to choose, do I go somewhere really hot or do I go skiing, which is something I wanted to do, but I'd always go to the hot place or exploring. So, yeah, still not done it yet. Yeah. Oh, you should try it. Although most people, if they're starting later in life, they try snowboarding because you can learn snowboarding in a quicker period of time and, yeah. and get down. And it's cooler, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on your... On your skiing, but yeah, skiers and... Uh, they have yeah. Red Bull sponsor certain <clears throat> uh, competitors now and they have mm. they have competitions where they do extreme jumps on snowboards and somersaults on motorbikes and all this kind of thing. And it's always a snowboard they use. It's never skis when they do this, you know, but yeah, it looks fun. We're moving on a bit now. You're growing up mm -hmm. and... You're in your 20s and 30s and mm -hmm. you're doing a job, but it's not your dream job at this point, is it? Yeah, so um, I worked in office jobs, sales jobs, and um, I just felt, I felt trapped being stuck in a building at a desk. I don't think it's mm. natural 
Mm, so human this, beings. <laughs> it's not. This, this is prior to you actually reaching 30 and going skiing, isn't it? This, mm. So this is yeah. what made you probably make that choice and decided that you'd had enough. But I agree, absolutely. Human beings were meant to roam free, explore, experience new things, do new things, different cultures. A lot of us spend eight or ten hours every single day sat in a box with no fresh air, mm. with no sunlight, staring <clears> at a screen. Yeah. Now, somebody says, yeah, but I've got to pay the bills and stuff. Well, you can not pay your bills or you could pay different bills or you, or you can do that. But the time that you do have then outside that environment, you've got to get outside. You've got mm. to do stuff, you know. Yeah. 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 But you're doing this job and so then you party, which is we all did, you know. I, I actually did it for a lot longer than you. I didn't stop partying until I was about 40. <laughs> and, you know, I should have packed it in a decade earlier probably, but... So you parted, you went out, and you, you're drinking and taking drugs. Yeah, I mean, as you do at that age, well, not everyone, but... Um, Most do, our generation. You yeah, know. I think I was I was looking for um, just, you know, different alternative experiences. I, went, yeah. I was looking for um, alternative states, and uh, yeah, and uh, it was lots of fun, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I carried on a lot longer than most, and so... I parted really hard for 25 years, you know, and I think the first 10 years, even 15 years, were lots of fun. You know, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it, but then it became quite destructive for me, you know, and uh, predominantly with cocaine, you know. The early days when you, you know, you have an LSD, you're smoking a joint or you have an ecstasy and stuff, that majority of that was fun. But then I drifted off into cocaine and that wasn't healthy, wasn't good, you know. But uh, You mentioned in the pre-show chat something about a drug that your mother was prescribed. What happened? At my birth, mm -hmm. my mother was given uh, pethidine, which meant that, um, you know, the, it went through to me. Uh, so, so my birth was very... Was was drugged basically. So, yeah. so when I came out, when I was birthed, I was I was drugged up, floppy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and in breath work or rebirthing, as they call it, uh, sometimes you can relate your your birth experience to how life um, is going to be. So, yeah. Um, you know, the baby doesn't have the consciousness to realise that. Oh no, it's just a drug they've given my mother, and you know. So, yeah. so actually, the birth was quite difficult and I suppose I related that to I've got to do it all myself and just felt mm. knackered drugged up that kind of thing um and a lot of babies you know who'd had pethidine they've done studies that they, they went on to take, take drugs, drugs to, yeah. to get that feeling back yeah being kind of out of it I suppose yeah yeah I find that fascinating to be honest because yeah it makes a lot of sense that yeah also we're not going to do breathwork just yet. We're going to get to that as we get further on in the show. But in theory, you can reach some sort of ecstatic states and altered states of consciousness with this breathwork. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not. Yeah, yeah. That's that is what happens. You go into an altered state using the breath, and um, it's a conscious, connected breath, and it helps to connect you with your subconscious. And, yeah. you know, the subconscious is way more powerful than the conscious mind. So even if someone's being, you know, very positive and consciously positive, um, underneath that all in their subconscious, they might, ha might have negative self-belief or, you know, some traumas that yeah. need healing. And the breath work helps to bring those up and out to the body through right. the breath. We'll get into this further on the show because I, I definitely have a few questions about that. And yeah. I, I think it's something I really want to try as well. Yeah, you know. sure. 
There's a guy that came on the show previously who called Ben Atkinson, and he's an activist, and he climbed up Big Ben dressed as Boris Johnson hmm. uh, for Extinction Rebellion. Okay. And he <clears throat> spoke very highly of breathwork. He does breathwork as oh, well. Okay. After, and I think they've got this in the right order, after you'd been away and you'd worked for a season yeah. uh, in a ski resort, then you you became qualified in a number of things, including different therapies, Reiki, etc. Maybe run us through a few of those. Yeah, so... Um, when I came back, um, I thought, right, I want to do something that I was interested in, which was wellness, beauty, that kind of thing. So yeah. um, I um, yeah, became um, qualified in beauty therapy, massage, uh, Reiki levels one and two. Yeah. Um, I also um, studied um, skeinar therapy, which is a, a, a Russian electronic healing machine basically right right <laughs> so, there's usually so, a new one of those comes out every few years yeah, of some so, type isn't there? Yeah. and also low level laser therapy which yeah. is a pain uh, pain relief machine mm. so um yeah i i you know have interest in alternative therapies so yeah. then i set up my uh, beauty business um in leamington spa decided that, you know i wanted to yeah. to leave london tell us about tony robbins okay yeah tony robbins so I did all his mastery university courses. Are they online or no? You, no. Well, I don't know about now. Maybe yeah. maybe at the moment because of uh, COVID. But when I did them, um, they were you know um, events. That and did so you went to his events? He was yeah. giving them. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. Yeah. 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 So that was amazing. I didn't know. For example, depending on certain courses that you do, the big name attached to it isn't actually delivering the course. You know. So he, he was, was doing that, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So did you get to talk to him and meet him? I did, yeah. I yeah. And, uh, he's big, isn't he? He's huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, there's a lot of motivational speakers and people I think very highly of, and uh, one of the main ones I'd say is um, Wayne Dyer. And I've read yeah. nearly all of his books, and I think he's phenomenal. He's passed now, obviously, mm. he's deceased. But with Tony Robbins, he's, he's good, but for me... There was always quite often it revert back to finances and money, mm. and <clears throat> yeah, for that reason, I never really, never really took to Tony. I, I like some of this stuff, but for me, it can never be about money. Yeah, I think Tony is, um, you know, I mean, part uh, one one part of the Mastery University mm. is is wealth mastery. And, you know, that's something that I'm still trying to master. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of work with um, clearing a lot of um, issues around money. You know, you've either yeah. not got enough or maybe too much. That would be nicer. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you you know, some people may have taken on their parents' beliefs around money. You know, if their parents had poverty consciousness yeah. and you can actually take on yeah. your parents' beliefs, Absolutely. you know, or the family belief mm. um, around money. Money and doesn't then, go on trees and yeah, la, la, yeah. la, and all, all these this things, crap, especially yeah. if you were t if you were told them before the age of six, you literally take them on as belief. And then, you know, your beliefs become your reality. Of course. Yeah. Um, and, you know, money is a big thing for, for most people. So I think I think that's probably just highlighted the fact that Money is part of life and should be part of that course. And yeah. it's my issue with money. It's nothing to do with Tony Robinson. <laughs> yeah, it you know, it, it's the fact that I have an issue with money. <laughs> I'm uh, sure Tony's very relaxed about it because he's a yeah, multi yeah. But <laughs> because he talks about money, it put me off. But the fact is that if somebody's going to give you a skill set to get through life, 
that has to be part of it, really, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting, you know, um, knowing your your own beliefs around money and your reactions to money and and that kind of thing. Like, you know, do you have do you have anger around money, or you know, do you feel relaxed around money, or um, you know, because the way you feel around money, because money's an energy. So mm. if if you have anger around money, well, that's not a high vibration. So you can actually shift your vibration around money. So if you feel the vibration of of joy and love around money, then you know generally you're you're going to attract more. Um, but it's always mm. a you know process of being aware of your reactions and, and then thinking, okay, so how what am I creating here? You know, because we all we're all manifestors yeah. whether we you know know it mm. or not. And um, <clears throat> are you manifesting money? Are you happy around money or? Do you have issues around it, really? So it's always a good one to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. So, Sam, the next part of your journey, which is probably a big turning point and very relevant to what you do now, is in 2009 when you started breathwork and rebirthing. Now, maybe assume we know nothing, okay? Okay. <laughs> what is rebirthing and breathwork? And give us maybe a brief idea of how it works and what it is. Okay. So breathwork is an umbrella term for different types of um, breathing therapies, I guess. Um, so underneath breathwork would be probably Wim Hof's uh, breathwork, yep. um, mm -hmm. the, the Wim Hof technique, uh, pranayama, which is an ancient um, breathing technique, and also rebirthing, which is the one that I do. Rebirthing was discovered in the late 60s, early 1970s yeah. by Leonard Orr, and he spent years um, trialling it and re realised that uh, when you go into these altered states, yeah. you can go through your birth experience, right. re-experience your birth experience, which right. I've done. Okay. Um, so. Why would you want to do that? Well, it's... Um, is it's, it? it's very it's very healing right so you mm -hmm. can re-experience it and you know as a more conscious being as a, as a baby you don't have that consciousness is it a pleasant experience um it depends what kind of birth you had so well yeah mine mine wasn't pleasant because it you know i was i was drugged up and yeah. uh, it was very you know uh, woozy yeah so yeah it wasn't wasn't a pleasant experience but actually rebirthing itself you can have incredible breathes where you you go into an altered state a very blissful state and um you know that's usually um after you've done emotional clearing trauma clearing through through that but it's a very effective um form of therapy it's mo it's mostly non-dialogue so you you would have your consultation and, and chat at the beginning and then you're guided through the breath uh, by the facilitator or the breath coach and um yeah, the breath does it all, really. It brings up so trauma. if you're doing the breath work, do you specifically target that period in your life as you've been born, or could you go back to being age eight, or what, you know, how does that work? Yeah, so so the facilitator will, will guide you, but normally it's, um, it, will just, it will just happen. Right. Like for me, it, I, I went through it, and I was... Um, kind of guided through the facilitator and um, I literally felt the pressure on my head and everything. It was oh, the most God. freaky uh, experience. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Is this sort of, a, you know, when you were doing it before you're a facilitator, when you're doing it, yeah. is it something you do 
over a period of weeks and it's an hour here, an hour there? Or is it like a retreat you do for a few days, this experience, the rebirth? And how does, how does that happen? So typically um, a breathe lasts one hour. Um, so with the facilitator, you normally have two, two or two and a half hours with them yeah. because you need time at the beginning um, and also time at the end just to, to integrate. You know, you wouldn't just do a breathe you know, be in the altered states, you can get into very, very deep states. And, um, you know, if you've got trauma coming up, you might be, you know, crying or, um, you know, that that can happen. And it's, um, you know, so, so you are, you're in an altered state. So after that, you need to recuperate and just relax and just ease yourself out of it. So, yeah. and typically, you know, if someone came to you, they would, they would have 10 breaths and that's enough usually to clear, um, most of their um, their issues and then after the 10 you would um, just check in with them and see so you still might more. practice this it might be an ongoing thing you do on your own then like a meditation or would you just do it in yeah. those sessions i mean you 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 would also always recommend that people don't um do a breathe on their own unless they've done 10 sessions with a, a trained facilitator right. once they've done the 10 sessions they can join a, a breathwork group um or you know do a breathe on their own so yeah Okie dokie. We're now going to jump forward to 2014. And this is the point where you said you manifested your dream, your dream <laughs> life. And you met Greg as well. Yeah. So um, I, I had uh, done 10 years of um, breath work, uh, various different courses. And I'd also done uh, another of Tony Robbins's course courses, which was the Law of Attraction course. Ah, I didn't know what LOA meant. Uh, I, I'm yeah. aware of the Law of Attraction course, <laughs> yeah. but it was abbreviated, so yes. LOA, yeah. So it was the Law of Attraction, and um, it was actually um, ran by uh, his business partner, Joseph McClendon, the right. second, I think it is. Uh, amazing course. It was three days in London, and they teach you how to put the Law of Attraction on speed dial. Right. And... Uh, it works incredibly well. So when I'd finished that course, I'd, um, I wanted to manifest a house and I'd, I guess I'd started small. So I thought, okay, two bedroomed and, and I described it in detail. And anyway, I'd seen this uh, a few days after the, the course, I'd seen this house in a state agent. I thought, oh, that looks nice. And I went in and, um, the woman said, I'm sorry, that one's gone, but this one's available. And she passed me the particulars. And I just had these shivers all down me. I couldn't believe yeah. it because everything I'd just been manifesting and just described to detail was on these particulars. And I thought, oh, my God, this yeah. is freaky. And it actually freaked me out. Mm. I'd called those like a, a bolt of lightning, those moments where you can think of something. And I had one about two weeks ago. And you just cast it out to the universe. You know, you can call mm. it a cosmic order or yeah. whatever you want. And so you, you want this to manifest. And then occasionally, within minutes, it can happen. You know, mm. it can happen that quickly. And it can be so accurate that it does make you, you stop, it stops you in your tracks and you're like, I can't believe <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually there's a, there's a um, you know, a timeline. Um, obviously, we don't want to manifest everything we're thinking of. Straight away. Uh, straight away, no. you know, unless you've got complete control over your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's usually a time delay yeah. between manifesting, but you can you can you know um, speed it up, and um, that's what I learned in that course. Anyway, so when I first learned it, it, it did freak me out, but I, I realised I wasn't ready to to receive. Yeah, it's very important to you know 
if you are manifesting, be ready to receive uh, what mm. you're manifesting. So in 2014, um, I decided I'm going to really go for it. So I did a period of two weeks. Um, you have to jump on a trampoline and various other things. Right. So I did that every single day um, for two weeks. And then after three months, um, I'd, yeah, I'd, I was uh, running a, a group, how to create a conscious relationship because I decided... Okay, I want a conscious relationship. I want someone that's into uh, personal development and all the, the stuff that I'm into. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Greg came along to one of my uh, groups. Uh -huh. and, uh, yeah, and then we um, eventually got together and just, um, we, we, yeah, we started doing everything that I'd put down. You know, we traveled, we, um, you know, we went on different courses. Yeah. And, yeah you so. mentioned in your notes at this point, you sort of, started becoming curious about or wanted to find out about Tantra. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about that, maybe. Yeah, so uh, I was on a, a breathwork uh, retreat and yeah. uh, one of the guys on there uh, was making a film about Tantra and I was talking to him about it and it sounded intriguing. And um, so I decided that I wanted to study uh, Tantra and... Um, I yeah. think everybody thinks about, this say, Tantra or Tantric and everybody assumes it's, you know, in the 60s or 70s and it's what the Beatles did and it's all about sex, but no, it's no. not. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a spiritual path and it's about, you know, yoga and meditation and various other spiritual practices, but it's actually about heart-based living. We do Tantra in Buddhism and, and it, it, oh, I have okay. to explain to people it's not what they think it is. Yeah, or, you yeah. Know, it's, yeah. Yeah, it has got... Uh, potentially a bad name with um with certain people they they presume it's one thing and um like anything really there, there's going to be groups of people that will maybe give it a bad name but the uh, the teachings that I follow are very pure and yeah. it's all about connecting uh through the heart and going on a, a spiritual journey okay yeah <laughs> so then next part of your journey we'll talk about is Glastonbury you go to Glastonbury and not the festival, although I've been to yes, the festival. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a event run by Sandra Ray. Yeah. Is that right? As a, she's a breathwork teacher. She's known as the mother of rebirthing. So, right. Yeah. Right. So I um I wanted Greg to experience breathwork and um so he he said, Yeah, yeah, we'll go, we'll go, because I'd been nagging at him for ages. Yeah. And um I don't think he realised what he was getting himself <laughs> in for. So he's done so, the, the rebirthing. He did, yeah. yeah. So his first experience of rebirthing was we did a nine-day, um, it's called a, a quest. So it was called Glastonbury Quest. And it was a nine-day intensive um, breathwork uh, journey, if you like. Yeah. And um, it was on spiritual immortality. And um, we stayed in Glastonbury Abbey, beautiful place. And um, there we met uh, Lucy. Who's coming on the show. She is, yes. In, in about... I think in about four shows time, Lucy's going to come on the show and she's also a co-founder of The Quantum Questions. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, awesome. um, yeah so we met Lucy um, on that um, on that course and we've been friends ever since. And uh, recently we've um, you know started a company together. So, yeah, which is The Quantum Questions, which we'll get to in a moment. The next bit, which is for a lot of women, this is unthinkable, but you went to India mm -hmm. and I'm assuming maybe you... Lucy and Greg went together or maybe Lucy yeah. had already been but she'd already been but we 
yeah, we, yeah. we all went together. And what's the word, what's the term you use for shaving your head? Oh, mundan. <laughs> Say it again. Mundan. Mundan. Yeah. yeah. And you shave your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, maybe explain why you do that. I didn't go specifically to do that. It was yeah. another um, breathwork quest. It was called India Quest. And um, so we went to India and I'd actually just had my hair done. So, you know, and, um, you know, I I, um, I went there and I w- I'd heard about it and I'd seen people that had done it. And I just thought, why would mm. they do that? You know, women shaving their heads. Is so, it to do with non-attachment? Is that? Yeah. yeah. It's, well, partly. Yeah. So anyway, and I'd, I'd, I was curious. And then something about the place. It's it's a very special place. We went to this ashram up in the Himalayas and um I saw these women that had done it and they, they just looked, they just looked so um, peaceful and yeah. and beautiful. And I just yeah. thought, wow. And I, I know I was, I was questioning people about it and I was umming and ahhing and something just drew me to, to do it. And it was, um, I thought, well, if I can do this, you know, someone that's been in the beauty industry and yeah. you know, letting go of my hair, it was huge. It was a huge thing. So it wasn't part of the, the quest you were doing. This was a, a separate decision you made. It was part of the quest, but yeah. it, it wasn't compulsory. Right. You know, people, yeah. If people wanted to do it, there's a beautiful ceremony and um, you get your hair shaved off by um, this um, guy who lives there and his yeah. father did it before him and his grandfather. So, um, yeah, it's a beautiful ceremony you do by the, the river and you, you have a banana leaf and you see your hair falling onto this banana leaf. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> I imagine most I women are crying, yeah. You can't go back once, yeah. you start, <laughs> once mm. you've started. But yeah, and I, I said to my friends, because they were like, what have you done? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Mm. And I, I wouldn't have done it if I was in Leamington or, you know, I, it was just something drew me to it. But it was yeah. it was actually letting go of the old me. It was, uh, yeah. you know, very... Yeah. Um, Is it... It's a bit bald, isn't it? You shave it. It's not like done with clippers or something. Oh, no, it? they shave it with a razor. razor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's incredibly emotional. It was for me anyway. Because, yeah. yeah. You know, letting go of my hair was huge. So. I can imagine it's I, transformative. It's really powerful, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I did hide out a little bit afterwards, <laughs> I must say, when I came back. <laughs> it's it's less significant for a man, especially one that hasn't got much hair, or like myself and Greg, who are mm. bald. You know, so yeah. it's, it's different. He shaves yeah. every other day. <laughs> so. Yeah. If you would, Sam, tell us about the Tantra festivals and community, mm-hmm. but also the quantum transformation training as well. Uh, what's that and how is it different from the quantum questions which you're now doing? Yeah. So, um, so like I said before, I'd um, had my spiritual journey. It was, you know, meditation first in TM, then I discovered Tony Robbins and then Breathwork, yeah. then Sandra Ray. And then um, I wanted to explore the, the tantric side and found um, tantra festivals in London, um, which was a, you know, taste of the, the whole community, really. Yeah. And um, so we discovered um, Advaita Stone through through them. Right. So this is where Advaita and am I pronouncing that right? Advaita. Advaita comes Stone. into the yeah. uh, picture. Yeah. yeah. And um, he runs, I mean, several courses and he's got, <clears throat> you know, many, many schools all over the world. I know he's Greg's teacher. Is he your teacher as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. So we discovered him at the same right, time. Right, got you. Yeah. And um, he um, runs a course called um, Quantum Transformation. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's yeah, a very new course. It's only been running about two years. This 
up until now, I hadn't put the dots together and now it all makes sense. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) Now I understand. Right. So he runs this course. Yeah, Yeah, called Quantum Transformation. And it's um, part of the Atman Federation. Um, And so, yeah, it's a very high level course and the teachings are ancient teachings. You won't find this, you know, anywhere else. And um, you get taught um, the the yoga and meditation and various other, um, you know, teachings to help you uh, grow spiritually yeah. and evolve. This would be like the yin yoga, which Greg showed us as well, which is myself and Willow, which is not the yoga we normally do. You know, it's, we normally do all the poses and this this was completely different. It's actually hatha yoga. Oh, okay. Yeah, not yin, but um, although I love, I love yin yoga, but this ah. is hatha yoga based. And when you're in the poses, you're focusing on the chakra um so the particular chakra that it's related to and it's actually amazing because you know when i was um when i first started doing the the meditations and and the yoga i just thought well this isn't doing anything um anyway it's you know after about a year i i gave up meat naturally um and noticeable changes so i became more just more aware I became softer and kinder. Yeah. <laughs> so, Who said? Um, and just, it, it, yeah, it's, it's just incredible, really, that the changes in a short period of time by just following their teachings, um, the yoga and um, meditations and, and also focus of attention, Yeah, um, which is really, really helped. St. Catherine's Retreat mm. in Windermere. Yeah. That is, you're sort of the owner of that, co-owner with Greg. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we started that. Um, yeah, it was this year, and mm-hmm. um, so we run a retreat centre, um, but it's also let out as an Air, Airbnb as well in yeah. the season. Um, so we decided, you know, retreats in the winter, Airbnb um, in the the season, sort of uh, spring yeah. and summer. I'm very lucky. I've been to yeah. have a look at it, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's beautiful. It's a, a beautiful setting, and a beautiful building run by beautiful people. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sam. So, if somebody wanted to find out maybe about the quantum questions, mm-hmm. or if they wanted to see what events are coming up at Saint Catherine's Retreat and they wanted to attend a retreat, where would they go? Yeah. So um, we've got websites for both of those. So it's thequantumquestions.com. Yeah. And also we have a Facebook page and Instagram. Uh, if you for just both. type in yeah the quantum yeah. questions and stcatherine'sretreats.com. Yeah, um, we're also on Facebook and and Instagram. So if they just type in that, they'll find us. And we've got uh, yeah, so we've got several events. All the events are on the Quantum Questions, right? And um, if they want to see um, pictures of the retreat centre, you're going to Catherine's Retreat, St Catherine's Retreats dot com. Yeah, you're actually right by the probably a few hundred feet away from the edge of Windermere, aren't you? Where you set back, it's not far, is it? Not far at all. It's um, about two minutes in the car. And you do cold water therapy as well, don't you? Yes. It's all cold water immersion therapy or whatever you you call it. Yeah, so um, Greg and oh, I... Oh, we used to call it skinny dipping. <laughs> well, we have costumes. I know, I know I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so Greg and I did um, a Wim Hof, um, not with Wim Hof, but it was someone that had trained with yeah. Wim Hof. Went to Edinburgh and um, did the Wim Hof training. We got in the sea. It was five degrees and... Um, I just have an I have an aversion to the cold, and so for me it was it was huge to actually 
get in the sea without going into shock and uh, stay in there for five or six minutes and just control my temperature using the breath. So yeah. that was incredible. So, yeah, we do that in Lake Windermere. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done a lot of uh, cold water swimming, you know, because I trained for open water swimming for Ironman and stuff. Oh, so yeah. I've, I've done a lot of that. Usually with a wetsuit, it depends on mm. the temperature. For instance, in Ironman, if the temperature's below a certain point, you can't compete without a wetsuit. Oh, yeah, of you course. Know, so yeah, yeah. There are rules. But yeah. but on some occasions without the wetsuit, and I've been skinny dipping a couple of times this year as well, <laughs> which is wonderful. I went to Rydal oh, and there's plunge pools and a series of waterfalls and we jumped down off the rocks. Oh, it's beautiful. I'll so, do that in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sam, the sweetest pill. Pilbeen, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think you're a beautiful soul and a lovely lady. And I think what you're doing is helping a lot of people. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's been great. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave you with a quote this week from my book, From Pills to Peace. And this quote's by myself. And it's simply this. If you want your life to flow, you have to let it all go. You have to be prepared to do new things. Keep the door open and expand and grow. Get outside your comfort zone on a regular basis and do new stuff. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can go to the website, midnightmcbride.com. You can catch me every Monday night, the Mind, Body and Spirit show at 11pm or midnight till midnight on Salford City Radio 94.4 FM. You can buy the first book, From Pills to Peace, on Amazon, and you can also get it in Kindle format, and you can get it as an audiobook on ACX, iTunes, and Audible. You can also listen to this video podcast, now going up to three shows a week, starting next week, on YouTube, and then three days later, it goes live now on six platforms, which is Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon and Google Books and Pandora, I think, as well. Whew, okay. Thanks very much for watching. I'll see you next time. Shalom. Thank you.